three, two, one. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to episode 138 of the No Normal Show, brought to you by Revive. This is where we leave all things status quo, traditional, old school, and boring in the dust and celebrate the new, the powerful, the innovative, the future, all related to how brands can lead the way in health. I am your co-host, Chris Bevelo, Chief Brand Officer at Revive. I'm joined, as always, by co-host Stephanie Weirwell, who is SVP of Integrated Marketing at Revive. Hello, Stephanie. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back also to our other consistent co-host, our show's popular producer and the super senior marketing manager at Revive, Chase Kleckner. I didn't have an an alliteration for your name. I apologize. Hi, Chase. <laughs> hey, Chris. Welcome. Yes, glad to be here. We're a little squirrely recording this at the end of the day, so bear with us. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to put this out there. In fact, we took today's agenda and we crumpled it up into a tiny ball and we threw it behind our desks and we're going <laughs> a completely different direction. So strap in because this is going to be a fun one. I think it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a serious one. It's going to be a deep one, a little bit of fun. We'll start oh with some God. fun. We'll start with some fun. Um, if you're a football fan of any level, you just hopefully had a chance to experience the best football weekend ever with four incredible, incredible NFL playoff games. Um, and I know if you're a Bills fan, you're you're not in a good place still. You know, I, I can empathize as a Vikings fan. Um, that is super painful. But uh, because we are in the marketing and advertising business, we are as pumped about what's coming with the Super Bowl, right? Because the Super Bowl is the showcase of advertising. And the Super Bowl halftime show is always a cultural touch point of discussion and debate. And we have a, an incredible lineup, right? So, Stephanie, who you got? For the for the for the halftime, who's your favorite halftime yeah. performer? <laughs> well, this teaser, the Super Bowl teaser, has gone viral over the last week um, because, as one tweet said, tweeter said, it's like the Avengers of 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 halftime <laughs> shows. Um, but you asked for my favorite, not all of them. So my favorite would be Eminem. For sure. Oh, that was going to be Love too. some Eminem. Well, how is this? So we should back up because not everybody may know who we're talking about. Is it? It's kind of like rap legends. Is that a good way yes. to, to describe? Rap legends of all time. Throwback to the 90s, the great era of music. <laughs> so we got like Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Um, Eminem, you mentioned. Uh, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre. Who else? Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. Oh my gosh. So the teaser that Pepsi put out, the ad, is is super fun by itself. Uh, I can tell you my wife is more excited about the Super Bowl than she's ever been. Um, she's a Packer fan. So she has to overcome her sense of loss from this last weekend <laughs> um, to get excited again. But she's so excited about this halftime show. I think... I, I can't wait for it. I always love looking at the, the ads, and I think we should note 
to do a Super Bowl special podcast. I used to do that back in the day when we had a podcast. Uh, we would always review our favorite ads from the Super Bowl. Did we do that on this, oh, yeah. Chase? I feel like we might have done that last year. I don't remember. We might have. Honestly, I can't remember. Well, we, like well, we will do that. It will be an assignment but... for us. Um, and we will evaluate the Hive Time Show. Yeah. My only caveat, my only caveat is asterisk, if you will. It's weird for me to see Dr. Dre in a Pepsi ad for the halftime show. Like it's I, sellouts the wrong word. That's not the right word, but it's just weird. Like he shouldn't, it's too mainstream for Dr. Dre. Snoop Dogg's already gone down that path. So I feel like it's not for him, but Dr. Dre, I don't know. Am I wrong about that? I don't know. I'm just so excited <laughs> to see them all together. I I don't. <laughs> I'm not judging fine. any of them. And we're maybe not the best <laughs> group of people to judge whether Dr. Dre's sold out or not. He's not selling out. That's the wrong word. I want to make sure in case Dr. Dre's listening that I'm not saying that he's sold out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's an avid listener. He has questions every, we every week for us. really into you know, leading the way in health um, and healthcare marketing. So. All right. Well, anyway, we're very excited about that. And so we can all, we got two, no, we got still three weeks away. We got plenty of time, plenty of time. All right. So today's main topic, and this is where we we pivoted, pivoted immediately before this show and said, you know what? We should talk about this. And I'm just going to set this up. Um, well, first of all, let's set up kind of the context for this, which is the crisis that we find ourselves in the hospital and health system world, though other industries are facing it in terms of workforce. Uh, I don't think any other industry has it as bad right now in terms of workforce issues as healthcare, right? For reasons that I don't know how much we need to belabor. I think folks probably get, but uh, it's a bleak situation. <laughs> Stephanie, you were talking about something you heard from a client just today, right? Yeah, well, we've been hearing this for, I guess, a few a few weeks now, but just that across the board, health systems are having to reevaluate. Can they even serve their patients? Can they even serve their populations? Do they need to rethink um, what are the services that they're offering? Um, and having to, in some cases, you know, close down services or rethink things. And I think Chris, you had mentioned there was an example with CityMD where this had happened um, a while back as well. So um, just a situation where, you know, we want to drive volume and we want to drive patient volume for the bottom line, but we don't even have the staff to offer these services. So we're caught between this really weird space of supply and demand. Yes. Yeah. In other industries, right, we have the great resignation, which really um, Mm -hmm. somebody asked about this in a webinar I did last week. And the great resignation is not, you know, we've seen record number of people quitting. We also see record number of hires at the same time. So it doesn't mean that people are resigning and they're done. Um, they're moving, though, and they're moving out of oftentimes industries that have been extraordinarily difficult to be in in the last two years. So typically we're talking about, re, you know, hospitality, food services, a little retail and healthcare. Um, but unlike those other industries where people are suffering from that, and they're suffering from people who are dealing with Omicron and COVID. Um, in healthcare, to Stephanie's point, uh, because it's the epicenter of all of this and they're having to care for so many people, you've got all of that. And then having to divert staff just to be able to keep the doors open in the emergency situations 
um, which diverts them from the other services they could provide. So all of this is just causing a lot of issues. Um, and the idea that the workforce is being diminished, people are leaving the field, uh, they've had it, they can't take it anymore uh, for all kinds of reasons. There's a lot of reasons why that's happening. And so so that's not news. Um, but, but a couple of things have come up in the last week that maybe think about this, and, and we've talked about a little bit here, about our, is this an opportunity? So Stephanie, I think you said we were prepping for this show, right? This is the biggest lemon this industry has had to deal with. If we're talking about turning into lemonade um, in terms of workforce issues, it's just it's just COVID by itself is terrible. Workforce issues on top of it. But is there an opportunity here uh, moving forward to rethink how we consider our workforce and specific to our audience? Those folks are typically in marketing and branding and communications. Is there an opportunity for us to play a bigger role in shaping our workforce in the healthcare field? Uh, it's not a role that we typically take. Yes, I think COVID has absolutely shined all the lights on all the issues that maybe already existed. <laughs> um, but workforce dissatisfaction and burnout um, are some that, of course, are coming to a head right now. And so, in talking about this topic, you know, earlier we were we were chatting about how like, oh gosh, we know that so many health systems are just struggling at the moment to, you know, keep their doors open, to keep their lights on, keep employees in their roles. Um, is this the right time to have this conversation? Well, <laughs> win better. <laughs> win better. Um and uh so we just wanted to at least start the chat of, you know, what what should it look like? What could we do to think about uh, the future of how we recruit, how we um, engage employees, and how we connect that to our larger brand in ways that other industries have done for quite some time and had some level of um, level of success with? And we'll share some examples that we think we should take yeah. inspiration from. And, and so what sparked this for me was, and I'm not going to say who it was, but if they're listening, um, kudos to them. We, we're, we're helping a health system as we do uh, you know, in a number of ways. Um, think about the future and, and really kind of design a vision for how the marketing communications team wants to provide value to the organization down the road, giving all the things that have been changing in the world and in our industry and all that. And one of the members, one of the leaders of the marketing team in kind of conveying what they thought included that they were, they part of their vision was shaping the best workforce in the industry. And I thought, okay, that's new to me. And I've been in this field for a long time, 20 years. And it's very rare that we hear or think of marketers playing that, that role in the workforce. Certainly from an internal comm standpoint, that's part of the deal. Uh, and more and more, especially these days, they're being pulled in to help with recruiting uh, because HR is just underwater and trying to fill the roles that are emptied. Uh, but what we're talking about here is something much different. And that's why um, we were going to title this segment like Thinking Out Loud, <laughs> because we don't necessarily have formed, you know, official POVs on this and strategies. Uh, we really want to kind of think out loud on this and explore it because Stephanie mentioned other industries. We're going to give some examples of some brands that have done this. But in other industries, 
we know of brands where, you know, the brand value, the differentiation, and that's what we come back to, of that brand lies as much or more in its people than anything else. Uh, and so that is not something that you see in the hospital and the health system space anyway, in terms of the healthcare field. You certainly have plenty of organizations that focus on having a great workforce, on customer service, on patient relationships, and patient satisfaction, all of that. But mostly they're following the same formula. You know, there's a there's a consultancy that I won't name, but most health systems know of. Um, guy came out of Disney, which we'll talk about Disney. And one of the more popular companies that you hire if you want to train your workforce to be better at customer service. And it's the same program for every hospital, which is great, but but that is not then a brand differentiator for you if you're showing up the same way as all the other hospitals in the industry. So for example, we think of Apple. Uh, and this goes all the way back to Apple. Uh, I don't even know how long it's been, 15, 20 years? When the first Apple store opened, right? But it was certainly during a time when everybody thought, oh, retail's gonna die. Everything is gonna go you know, online. And Apple said, you know, on contraire, we're going to build these incredible, you know, experiences in these stores, which, you know, we've all seen the, the pictures of when a new iPhone would come out. People lined up through, you know, down Fifth Avenue or wherever the Apple store is in New York City and in other metros, too. Uh, and a big part of that store, it's the look. It's how there's no, you know, you, you basically you check out wherever you're at. So you don't have to go up to a line, but it's the genius bar. It's the staff and, and how they help you and how they're so knowledgeable and how they're just geeks and they love it and they embrace it. And that is different. You're not getting that at what used to be Radio Shack, maybe not coincidentally, used to be. I don't think Radio Shack's around anymore. Um, you don't even get that at Best Buy. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Uh, and that's an example of where, a, where an organization has built their brand in large part due to its workforce, which means marketers and branders were involved in that. So that's my example. You guys have a couple examples. Chase, you had one you brought up. I think it's perfect. Yeah, and I, I just just to comment on you, on what you just said, I, I think what's really, I mean, if you go into any mall right now, the store that is the most busy is Apple, like by far. And I think it's absolutely because of the people in there and the experience they provide inside their stores. And, but the thing that I think is interesting about hospitals is like the word of mouth experience wise, when it comes to hospitals, whether good or bad is so powerful when it comes to like, I, I think of like most recently I have a eight month old. So like we were in the NICU for, for eight days. And so that experience, the nurses that we, it's, it was like, Oh, please God, let this be a good nurse, a good night nurse or whatnot. Like you would just, it felt like you're rolling the dice every time, but needless to say, I think another example of a, a company that spends money, spends time investments into developing their people is Chick-fil-A. And whether you like Chick-fil-A or not, like they do have Chick probably one I mean, of the I know best. there's reasons why people don't go to Chick-fil-A. We don't need to get into that. They're, but who yes, doesn't like yes. that sandwich? Come on. 
there's there's one like oh, a fourth no. of a mile from my house and <laughs> it is so sorry dangerous. i interrupted so, you it makes me hungry now uh, i'm gonna go get so, so convenient no but yeah my so my brother-in-law a couple of my brother-in-laws owned a few little caesars and the, i would always hear them just complain about trying to hire the right people and they're like gosh why can we not get the same people that would apply for chick-fil-a i'm like what? well there's a brand difference like i know it's a like you're you're a five dollar pizza i hate to say it and even though you might consider them a five dollar chick-fil-a sandwich it's just so different from what the brands stand for for what they're about um and the experiences that they provide so i think chick-fil-a is another great example that has said marketers we're we're going to use this as a brand differentiator um, is the experience that we provide selling sandwiches. Yes. And the fascinating thing about Chick-fil-A is, you know, they are, all of their stores are corporate owned, which means they're not franchised. And so the process of becoming a manager of a Chick-fil-A location is very, very, very difficult. <laughs> and it's not just about experience credentials. It's also about culture fit. It's um, in some cases, you know, about um, philosophy and, and and personalities and those kinds of things to make sure that they're a good fit. And it's so different from many restaurants, uh, restaurant chains who are franchise models, which are just looking for, do you have X amount of $100,000? Um, and that's a big differentiator. So I think the recruitment is critical. And, and that part has yielded a their differentiator as as an organization, which is not just about their fascinating fascinating well that too fantastic chicken sandwich. It's the customer experience is their differentiator. So KFC and Chick Fil A are two very different experiences, even though they both sell chicken sandwiches. And health systems don't have that same differentiator as patient experience. No matter how much we talk about the patient experience, because we talk about it a lot, right? But is it really differentiating? No, Not right no. Now. And this is where Stephanie, you said kind of like, is it? Are we going too far by talking about something like this aspirational at a time when you just need to get you need to get any you know living human into this position? to keep the door open. Right. Um, but imagine, yes. Imagine if somebody had this idea five years ago and they had built their workforce in a way that a Chick-fil-A or an Apple might have, well, how much easier it would be for them today, right now in this moment to be pulling in. And they would, first of all, probably have far less attrition, far less because folks are going to be more wanting to stay if they feel like they're part of something like Apple or Chick-fil-A. And then recruiting would be much easier. Um, you know, it's still going to be difficult. It's not like they wouldn't face the same challenges in terms of COVID that other hospitals or health systems would have, but they would have something to hang their hat on to say it's different here. Yeah. So here's here's a fascinating example. This is actually from 20, 2019, um, but Bay State Health, which is a health system in Massachusetts, took inspiration from Chick-fil-A for recruiting. Um, and for them, it was specifically open house recruitment sessions, which Chick-fil-A does, which is which is sort of like, hey, here's a time period where anybody can come by, share your resume, share your experience, and essentially become guaranteed to get an interview. And just a, just a way to make it a little bit easier. So th they implemented this for their health system um, and started holding these experiences and events where people could come learn more about it, have conversations. 
Uh, and they had events th- throughout the year called like night owl operations where they could interview more folks on the second shift. So they recognized, and there was an article about this in Becker's, um, but they recognized, yes, Chick-fil-A is a very different business model, right? They only need a few people in the restaurant at each time with a little bit of oversight A nursing floor is very different. However, can we take this one example from their recruitment um, and implement it? So I pull that example because to your point, right now we just need living, living humans to help out. And maybe this is a way, this is a way to, to, to think about it differently um, and, and recruit from new sources. We just do not, I'm not aware of health systems that have taken the approach that our brand I mean, everybody talks all the time. Like, so let's back up. Every health system I've ever known has said our number one ambassador of our brand is our people, which is true. But what they mean by that is we want them to talk about our brand campaign or we want them to show up in a way that they're friendly and nice and caring and all of that, which is, of course, yes, but that's not differentiating. There are some systems, I think of Mayo Clinic, that do have a reputation um, almost like a Disney-like reputation where, you know, in Disney, you're always greeted. They're, they're always going to help you. A lot of health systems have something where, you know, you walk down the hall and people will notice you're lost and will help you immediately, right? And all that is great. So we don't mean to kind of downplay that. But it's, it's not really differentiating. And it's certainly not differentiating to a degree that it is um, what you could say your brand is built on like a Disney. Yeah. And it comes out like I always, it frustrates me so much. I don't know if you all have this experience. Maybe you have a good experience to share. But anytime I call any health system as a patient, the the people who answer the phone, I feel like I'm bothering them, right? I feel like I am being a burden. And it's so different from the experience of the, you know, it's my pleasure to help you that Chick-fil-A has. And I recognize why that is, right? I recognize how hard it is to be in a, in a, in a call center or answer the phones for a health system. I recognize they don't always have, they don't have the answers. They get asked a lot of really difficult answers. Um, but how can that experience be different for the patient? That's the front door. And right now it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, Stephanie, did you give a, did you have another example you wanted to share? Yes. Um, so I think the you were talking earlier about brand and how it's connected to brand position and what what some companies do very very well is connecting brand position to recruitment. So for example, taking a brand position, I'll just use, you know, Amazon's as an example, which is to be Earth's most customer-centric company. And then what does that mean for your employees? Um, so how do you ensure that when recruiting, that when, um, training, that that is front and center and it gives employees a reason why to be there. So I've seen that done at several, um, organizations in a really strong way where it comes almost top down and employees are involved in saying, how do I embody this brand position? Um, and it's kind of like that. Why, why am I here? And it can't just be, I'm here to help people be healthy. It, right, it has to be something that that is truly differentiating and truly truly unique. But I just I don't think we see a lot of that. A lot of the the brand side entering into the um, employer employee side. Yeah, it, and let's be you know we always have to acknowledge healthcare is different in many ways. Um, I think in my experience over time, you'll hear a lot of people say like, "Look, you know, I'll be nice when I have time." 
but I got to save this person's life. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a, I understand where that comes from. Um, the idea that you need us. So, you know, I'll get to you when I get to you, but in the competitive field in which we're in now, and also just, you can still play that role. You know, I think of a doctor, um, there's so much conversation about how doctors, you know, it's a patient centered kind of experience. They're like, well, wait a second. The patient's not supposed to tell me what to do. I tell the patient what to do. I'm the expert here. And that is true. And even, even to the degree that which patients should be collaborated with in their own care, uh, you can still be the expert. But that doesn't mean you have to be an a-hole. That doesn't mean you can't be respectful. There's, there's ways that you could bring a brand differentiation through even expertise. Um, and again, you think of something like that, that, like Apple. It's, it's, I mean, other than, of course, Apple's not saving anybody's lives, but Apple knows their computers way better than, you know, my dad who would go in there. But they're not, they're not like, wait over there, old man. Like, we'll get to you when we get to you. You don't know what you're doing. It's not, it's not how it is. So maybe it's far-fetched, but I do think to, to, I still come back to Stephanie, what you kept saying, like, we're in the, we're in the depths of despair, but maybe now's the time to go, we need to rethink how we come at workforce because this is such a deep crisis and it's not going away soon. It's not going to go away with COVID, I don't think. Um, maybe to rethink how we could build our, our workforces. And what I think one, one thing that just here being in these conversations over the last two years, that's been pretty noticeable, especially being we have, we have several clients who are really focused on the nursing industry as an example. Um, and what's fascinating is the lack of consistency. So if we go back to brand principles, consistency is absolutely most important, right? When you're building a brand, it's all about consistency. Well, when you're building an employer brand, consistency is also critical and it's been so not consistent for nurses. Um, in terms of, you know, the travel nurse conversation recently of can you just quit being a nurse and become a travel nurse and make more money or uh, the vaccine mandates or, um, you know, the the um, additional hours and the need for more staff. It's just been up and down and back and forth and just wanting to empathize and take a step back and say, gosh, it has been so hard. And part of what's been hard for for health system and hospitals is for, you know, how do you keep up with all that's going on while also trying to be consistent for your em- employees? So just want to recognize, like, absolutely, it's been challenging. But I think that's one reason why we're in the situation we're in is the messages have just been back and forth and mixed for employees and not really knowing one day where they stand versus yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, that makes me just think of this is like a personal example of same hospital. If, if maybe this will like paint a picture of a good patient experience, but didn't rely on training or anything. It just were solely relied on one person versus the other. I was with uh, three of my kids in the ER waiting for like a doctor's appointment, not the ER, but kind of the waiting room. And uh, we had to go twice for like a checkup after the. Uh, CAT scan or what, or not CAT scan, but a X-ray, an X-ray. There X-ray. you go. And two of my kids were screaming, just they were not having it. Super tired. They're young. They're under six. And the person behind the desk was like, "Hey, we've got some books over here. Like, would you lo- like? Well, let's you know, you can read to them or whatnot." The other time, yes, my kids were screaming again. The next time, 
the, the employees just like looked at us like we were being a nuisance. We were being loud. It felt like it should have been the library, but like we were the only ones being a ruckus. And everyone was just like, what is wrong with you guys? And I'm like, okay, it's fine. We're in the children's hospital. This is normal. It should be. <laughs> right. But that, like, that first experience was amazing, right? Like, the, it felt like they actually cared. They were trying to help me manage three kids. Um, and so it was, that was a really pleasant experience. But that was solely just someone saying, or they were be nice right they they yeah. just kind of out of the kindness of their own heart not because of training or they were trying to provide a certain experience but they wanted to do that and imagine if every employee had that kind of same mentality or training of this is this is my why kind of like you were saying stephanie earlier of what is it that i am contributing from a experience standpoint so yeah yeah, I, I mean, the way I think about it too, Chase, is I think there's training, but there's a limit to training. Yeah. You can't train somebody to be a good person. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. Because because they can fake it until it, it doesn't matter to them and then it's going to shine through. So this is why recruitment is so important yeah. to understand what kind of employee you want and to recruit those people. And even then you're going to have misses. You're going to, you, you can't be 100% right. But then you have a culture that reinforces the right behavior. So that the person who is being kind to you is recognized for that and reinforced for that. So they continue to do it. Or the person the second time who wasn't is pulled aside and said, that's not how we treat people. And if that's how you're going to treat people, that's not, you're not going to last. Now, it's really hard in this space because we start having to do that with clinicians, with physicians. But the organizations that have the best cultures do that with physicians too. Right. It's kind of the old mantra, right? Just because somebody's a great salesperson, but they're a, an a-hole, you, you, you don't put up with that. And just because a, a, you have a fantastic surgeon, if they're an a-hole, then that just if you don't do something about that, then that sends a message to the rest of the organization that, well, I guess it, all it takes is to drive in a certain amount of money or have a certain kind of, you know, title or whatever. And that's poison in the well right there. So it's it's very complex. Um, and this is not none of this is to to kind of say that HR doesn't have a, a still moving forward, incredible role to play. Of course, they do. But the insertion of marketing and branding leadership in shaping the workforce, I think, could be a really, really intriguing way to see how that might how the whole thing might go different. Yeah, no, you're you're making me think as you're chatting as you're chatting about that. You know, maybe there's naysayers who are who are saying, "Well, okay, we've talked about Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A is a it's a private company, um, and Chick Fil A is a they sell chicken sandwiches, <laughs> so it's very very simple." But I will use the airline industry as an example, like Southwest and Delta Airlines, who both stand out for having really amazing cultures and you see it as a as a you know passenger right where Southwest it's all about how are we having fun. And okay, airlines are not necessarily fun uh, or, you know, being on an airplane and flight, flight attendants have very difficult jobs. Their, their number one job is safety. I always forget this. Their number one job is actually about safety. And yet they bring forward this uh, personality that is just phenomenal. Um, so if that's Southwest and Delta does it in a completely different way, you have a different experience there, which is all about um, convenience and innovation and, and reliability and, and, and kind of this 
era of professionalism. Anyway, so I just bring that up to say, I guess that would be an industry I would call out that is extremely complex as well. And also it's had a very difficult time with staffing during COVID um, that maybe is a good one to look at if, if you're a health system. Yeah, let's wrap on that because I think that is that is the most optimistic point of all of these, which is I'm old enough to remember Delta before it was cool, before it was decent, before it had a great experience. Delta was like the rest of them. They're like American. They were like United. Um, the hub for Northwest Airlines is here in the Twin Cities. So before they became part of Delta, the, I, I loathed Northwest. They were like the cable company to me, which was my number one hated brand to deal with. Northwest was number two. And whatever they did, they it took them a while, but they turned that brand experience around till I was like, my goodness, this is a great experience. They have not just their app and not just their their advertising. Certainly it wasn't their, their advertising is fine, but that's not what it was. It was the whole experience. And if, if Delta Airlines can do a 180 to that level with their brand experience and with their people being as much or more part of that brand experience than anything else, then I think a health system can do it too. And having gone through bankruptcy, right? And multiple yeah. crises, including 9-11 um, and now COVID. And one thing that, they, that they've done that I think is a really good learning is tying the experience, tying um, the, the actual operational experience to revenue um, and recognizing that the better experience you have as a customer, the more likely you are to fly again. So as I think about metrics and measurements, you know, often health systems were, fo- from a marketing standpoint, we're focused on brand building, brand lift. We're focused on driving appointments and driving volume, but we're not often tying the patient experience back to revenue. And that that could be a, an important turning point. Yeah. All right. Wow, we did it. We thought out loud, and I think our thoughts were coherent, <laughs> not super cray-cray. Tell um, us if they it, are. Write in and send your, <laughs> send your hate mail. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it may feel if like aren't. it if you're like, God dang it, we can't find enough nurses. But honestly, um, you know, what is the mother of invention? Something's the mother of invention. Necessity. Necessity is the mother of invention. And it, if, if there's a more necessity time, I'm not speaking clearly at the end of the day, then now for workforce, I don't know what it is. So hopefully this will cause an invention of a new approach where health systems can consider how to build workforces that help them differentiate their brands in the way that Chick-fil-A and Apple and Delta and many others have. Not a ton others but enough to point to. All right. We're going to wrap on that Ooh. before we before we lose our amazingness in terms of covering <laughs> something that we're like, should we talk about this? I don't know. Let's do it. Let's go for it. So we like dangerous topics. Yeah. Thank you for coming out on the limb today, you guys. Yeah. Thank you. That was fun. If you are listening and want to hear us talk about something, just let us know. Like Stephanie said, give us feedback. We got some feedback last week from somebody, which is fantastic. We love feedback. And it doesn't have to be good feedback. It can be like, you guys are nuts. You're wrong on this, and here's why. Give us that, too. That's the whole point of this, is to think about what's coming down the road, what is the future, and how do we change it. So email us. <coughs> I knew that was coming. I was trying to hold off to the end of the show. Couldn't do it. Uh-huh. Email us at email us at no normal at reviveagency.com.
www.thinkingmindsetcoach.com. Make sure you share the show with your friends and colleagues, or as it's spelled here on my agenda, colleagues. <laughs> That's Fancy. Colleagues. Share it with your colleagues and give us a review and rating on iTunes. All of it's appreciated. Until next time, don't be satisfied with a bland workforce. Don't be satisfied with an everyday workforce. Push the no normal and be different. Thank you for joining us. We will talk to you next week where we have a very special guest. Not going to say who, but we do. See you then. Three, two, one.